it's funny because I really miss those days, to be honest, those days where I felt so naive and didn't know if like my business was going to make it, but I just kept pushing and hustling. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Her to Find. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, I highly encourage you to check out my page, which is at Her to Find Podcast, as today is the last day to enter my self-care giveaway. This is my way of saying thanks for tuning in each week, and if there's anything to take away from each episode and what almost every guest has said, it's that therapy is always a good idea, and that self-care is crucial when you're working towards your dreams or hustling in your career. So I have gone through all of my past episodes and any guests that relate to self-care or that work within the self-care industry. I've reached out to them and they have so graciously contributed some great goodies for this giveaway. So the things that are up for grabs are self-care starter pack from Selfish Founders Rebecca Freed and Sheridan March, a hard copy of Selena Caesar Chavan's book, Can You Hear Me Now? A limited edition carrying case and slip health condoms from slip founder Victoria Lyons. A box of heel and color bandages from heel and color founder Tiana McFarlane. And our wonderful guest today, Jazz Stuback of Nourished with Jazz, has contributed a package of her digestion tea called Leaves. So head over to at her Define podcast on Instagram, look for the giveaway post and be sure to enter. Today's guest is Jas Stupak. She is a certified nutritional practitioner who specializes in bloat and antifungal cleansing. From her own health issues, she was dealing with chronic bloat. She began to do a lot of research on her health concerns and started to see huge improvements after adding in tiny practices like lemon water and magnesium. She started her Instagram account when she began her holistic journey with the Institute of Holistic Nutrition in 2016, and today she has grown her community to over 17,000 followers. In her first year of school, to make an additional income and to spread awareness of her passion for health, she created her first ebook. After graduation in 2018, she worked a full-time and part-time job while working on her nutrition business in between for eight months solid. It was then in 2019 that she felt financially secure enough to take her business full-time. She launched her digestion tea called Leaves that same year, and in 2020 and 2021, she launched her two other business ventures, Bloom in Business to mentor other nutritionists to build their clientele, and the Nourished Membership to assist women who are ready to fully dive into holistic nutrition and become their own nutritionist. In this episode, we cover a lot of ground, from understanding what holistic nutrition is and discussing the candida parasite cleanse to improve and reset your digestion, to an in-depth discussion about Instagram's algorithm, what's more engaging, an educational post or an emotional post. We talk about Instagram highlights and reels, specifically reels if they are cool or if they're just awkward. And Jazz shares her favorite and least favorite things about the app. Jazz shares why consistency is so crucial when growing your business and community and how to incorporate it into your daily routine. And she elaborates on her process of launching an online course for her community and details the things she'd wish she had done to make her nourished membership even better. Let's start off with what has been your defining moment this past week. So I'm starting a new segment and it can be good, something bad, but something that has defined or shaped your week so far. 
I would say yesterday, I literally just sat down and planned every single thing that's going on this summer. And so I have like a solid plan up until September. And there's just like so many things going on this summer. My family's coming to visit me. I'm going back home for my brother's wedding. And just like, I'm so, so excited, but I was so anxious just like thinking about everything. So yesterday, like the beginning of my work day to just and everything, tickets, hotels, like changing up my like calls and everything to make everything work. So I'm feeling just like so ready for everything that's to come. That's so exciting. Plus also, I bet it's like such a relief because now you, for the next few months, you're just prepared and ready. Exactly. I know. What, what has been your defining moment? That's a good question. You know, I love that. No one ever asks me the questions, Jazz. So... I am really busy this week, which I can't say I've been super busy this past few months because of lockdown here in Ontario. So you're out west, right, in BC. So it's a little bit different. But today is like the phase two. So more things are starting to open up and like salon services can now open, which I'm super excited. I booked in my appointments, you know, she's going to go and do some self-care, but also just with work is really busy. And then obviously with the podcast. So I'm just really grateful that she's booked and busy, you know, meetings, meetings, meetings. (laughs) Can you give us a rundown of your career this far? So where you went to school, what you studied and how you got to where you are today? So I went to Brock University and I am originally from Guelph, Ontario, but I just moved to Vancouver, BC with my boyfriend two years ago. So I went to Brock University and I went to study linguistics. I wasn't passionate about it. I didn't really know what I was fully getting myself into. I really just wanted to find the university that was as far away from home as possible so I could live that university experience with my friends, party, have fun, like have a sleepover with my best friends every single night. So I did that and I was so not into it. Like I tried to push myself to really love it and I just... I didn't love it. And so on the other side of that, in my personal life, I struggled with migraines and headaches pretty much my entire life growing up. And during my third year of university was when it was getting to the worst of it. And I was constantly in the doctor's office. I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication. My doctor was telling me to take Tylenol every day as a preventative. And so I was doing so much of a lot of work that never made me feel good about, like it just didn't feel right. So I really took a lot of time to figure things out. I was Googling and searching things on holistic nutrition. And I started to implement things like adding magnesium into my diet, taking out dairy from my diet, really slowing down, like reducing the amount of time I'm on my phone. And I noticed that these things were making a huge impact in my life and were really helping with my migraines way more than any of like the antidepressants or the Tylenol were ever hitting. And so I kind of was at that place in university where I started to change my lifestyle. I wasn't partying as much with my friends. I was really into nutrition. I would like say that I was studying for linguistics and I was actually just like reading blogs on like magnesium and forms of magnesium. And so I was like, Hey, if I'm like pretty much studying nutrition, why am I doing this? And it was a hard decision. I was terrified to tell my parents, but they took it like, honestly, I don't think I could have asked for like a better outcome. 
it was amazing. And same with like everyone in my life. They were so, so supportive. And so I finished school at Brock University. I didn't finish with linguistics. I just finished with the Bachelor of Arts. And then I went to the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. And that's been pretty much my education since. But I have obviously also been doing a ton of courses and just constantly educating myself on nutrition and all that. I can so relate to your feeling of when I was in university, all I did, and honestly, up until a few years ago, probably just prior to the pandemic, I was really not being very healthy, like working a full-time job, part-time job, and then on my free time, just drinking all of the time with my friends obviously, (laughs) but like doing thing and like not getting any sleep, eating the worst food ever. And I mean, it served its purpose at that time. But now as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm starting to realize, okay, if I want to do all of these things in relation to like my career or like my passions, I need to at least take the time to recoup and rejuvenate so that I'm I'm good to go. And that requires like sleeping and taking care of your body and working out and exercising. And I don't know if it's when you get a little bit older that you start to value that, but I can definitely relate to that feeling of, I don't want to be like drinking and going out and partying all the time anymore. I want to like do a shift. hundred percent. I think it's that moment that clicks with you and you're like, I actually feel horrible. Like, I, I don't know why I'm constantly going out. And I don't even think I realized why I was going out so much until I was in school for nutrition. And I was like, I feel like the person I was when I was constantly going out was yes, to have fun with my friends. And like, still like those days were like some of the like funniest days of my life and like just so much fun. But like, I was doing it because I felt so empty and I, I don't think I had a passion. Like I genuinely don't think I knew what passion was until I started going to school for nutrition. Can you talk more about these headaches and migraines that you developed as well as you also talked about skin abnormalities? How did this impact you and also how did you go about curing them? Like I said, I struggled with headaches and migraines pretty much my entire childhood. I don't even remember when they started, but it was pretty young. I like it got to a point where I would say I have a headache or my head hurts so much so often to my parents that they were like, Kate, like we love you, but you like we need to do something about this. Like if this isn't okay. And they were getting like frustrated. And so I didn't even realize that I was saying it so often. So it really hit me and pushed me to be like, hey, let's figure this out. Like, clearly this isn't normal. It was a long journey. Like I was constantly at the doctors. I was constantly put on different prescriptions. I was like told to take Motrin or Tylenol every time I'd have a headache. And also, especially as a preventative, which I'm all from Western medicine. And I am so grateful that we have Western medicine. but taking Tylenol as a preventative, I'm still trying to get my liver back to where it should be because of that constant burden. And so I pretty, the way that I was able to like cure them, I'll definitely say I still get headaches and I will for sure say I still get more headaches than the average person. I've noticed even more so I've been getting more headaches this 
summer, just, I don't even know why I think it's more so the heat, but uh, I've been able to really understand when I get them and how to prevent it. And so um, a huge part is obviously hydration and really reducing inflammation in the diet. So things like eating foods that are high in sugar, dairy, gluten, those are huge contributors to headaches and migraines. And I think a huge thing that we have to consider too, is just like your mental state. I think that's been a huge part of my healing journey as well is like really changing up my lifestyle to like benefit myself. And if you're feeling super passionate and happy and excited, like those tension headaches aren't going to happen as severely. So that was kind of my journey with headaches. And then I'm really, really grateful for it because that's what really led me to what I'm doing today. But when it comes to skin abnormalities, so I was pretty much finishing up school and I was ready to be a nutritionist. I was in the best health of my entire life. And I was like, I'm this perfect nutritionist. Like I I don't have like, there's nothing going on. From the outside perspective, I looked super healthy and I just felt like everything you were supposed to look like as a nutritionist was something that I was able to showcase. And then I got food poisoning on my birthday and I started to notice that I was getting these really bad skin flare-ups around my nose and mouth. And for someone who has never dealt with skin issues before, this was super concerning. So after like months and months of figuring this out while also watching it get worse and worse, I started to do parasite and candida cleansing. And this was the last straw. Like I tried everything. I spent so much money on just trial and erring everything. But then after four months of doing this cleanse, I was able to fully get my skin back to normal. And to this I still cleanse at least once or twice a year because I know the benefit of it is just unbelievable. And it's been, again, like the headaches were what really got me to go into nutrition. And now with like dealing with the skin struggles, that's what's really led me to where I niche today. Can you talk more a little bit about the Parasite Candida Cleanse? Because I've had skin issues in the past. And honestly, I found you because I had skin issues. My sister told me about your experience and what you were doing on social media. So that's how I found you in my time of need when I was desperate to figure out my own skin problems. But I want to know more about this cleanse. The cleanse is something that I am trying so hard to really get out there for people to really understand and like know that this is another healing modality for us. So essentially candida and parasites, these are pathogens in our body that host in our body and really form this negative relationship with our gut. So a lot of us are struggling with parasites and candida, but we don't know about it because in Western medicine, we don't really talk about it. Like it really, if you ever go to your doctors and you say that you have a parasite, you'll be put on like an antiviral or antibacterial. But especially with candida, that's something that my doctor actually told me when I was struggling with my skin issues, that candida is fake. People who candida cleanse are the issue with medicine. Like, And then it was so funny because then four months later, I went back and I was like, just want to let you know, I cleanse and look at my skin now. I don't need the steroid creams. But yeah, so this cleanse is, it's a super therapeutic cleanse. You have to be in a really good state to do the cleanse because it is hard and it's 
I think it's really hard on your mental health. If you're not ready to do it, I always say don't do it. But essentially what you're doing is really taking out inflammatory foods from the diet. So you're taking out sugar, dairy, gluten, alcohols, vinegars, and high mold containing foods. A lot of the time when I say that, everyone's like, kids, so then like, what can I eat? I was going (laughs) to say, what's left? (laughs) But when you actually take a look at it, even for myself, when I'm cleansing, I feel my absolute best because I'm eating in a way that my future self always wants to eat. I feel so good. I like even I'm literally thinking about my dinner. It's like 127 right now because I can't wait to go home and just feel so inspired to cook. And there's so much that you can eat. You're eating so many nourishing foods. You're, what's left is high quality proteins, all the vegetables, all the fruits that you want. Obviously high sugar fruits you don't necessarily want to be taking in too much. Okay, the easiest way to explain the diet is more so a paleo based diet. In uh, synergistically, you are also taking supplements to help kill the parasite or the candida. It works really well together. Some people have to cleanse for four weeks. Some people have to cleanse for six, seven months, eight months. And it really is just this healing time in your journey to really take care of yourself. When you're in this cleanse, how do you sort of know that I guess it's working? And then also, how do you determine for how long that you do it for? Yeah, that's a really good question. So with the cleanse, like you will notice that when you first start, I always say this, when you first start the cleanse, you're going to notice that you feel worse for the first few days because like you're taking so much out of the diet that your body was kind of like getting these sugar highs from. So you'll have that process of like not feeling your best, but then after it really depends on the symptoms that you had previously going into the cleanse. So for example, most women start the candida cleanse because they have reoccurring yeast infections. That's something that you're going to want to stick to for at least two months to see if you can notice a difference with the yeast infections. But for something like headaches, if you're constantly getting headaches, huge indication that it could be candida, I would say to cleanse for six weeks. It sounds so like weird to say, but like you'll know when you get to that point. You just feel so much better. When I get to that point of like being done the cleanse, I'm like, I just want to keep going. Like it just makes you so good. I can't even explain it. And then how long you should cleanse. I would say on average, everyone should be cleansing for six weeks. When you were in your third year of undergrad, you realized your passion for nutrition. What is your advice to listeners who are in school or they're working in a field that they might not feel like is their calling and they've discovered something else? What are your tips on pursuing your passion if you are already invested in something else? The best advice or question I've ever been asked is what's the worst that will happen if you do this and I think it really puts things into perspective like everything I've ever done I'm like okay what's the worst thing that will happen if I go full-time in my business oh I just get another full-time job when you actually look at the outcome it's just so easy to make that decision I also think that when it comes to making a career change or an educational change write everything down. Like I remember to this day when I was figuring school out, I read the entire website. I called the school, figured out like what tuition's like, how much time will it take me to complete the course, like write down everything. I wrote down how much from a financial perspective, I wrote down exactly how much money I'd be spending monthly, yearly, daily, literally how much it would cost me 
to go to and from school because it is a huge financial commitment. And yeah, you want to make sure you're being safe with it because as much as I want to say like, oh, just make the change, like you'll never regret it. I also do feel like we have to be kind of from a logical standpoint. My parents weren't supporting me financially. They were so incredible, the best parents in the world. But like from a financial standpoint, I was paying for school. And so that was the thing I had to get super clear on. And same with like time. I remember like I went to school when I was 23 and I remember being like, oh my God, I'm, this is like really old to go to school. <laughs> and now I'm like, I wish I like went to school for 10 years at that point. It's just so weird when everything feels so scary at that point And you're like, everyone in my life was like, okay, you're still a baby. <laughs> it's so true. But I also think we are or kids now. I say kids because I'm literally 26. And when you get out of high school, you're what, 17, 18. That's so young to make a decision of what you want to do for the rest of your life. And I feel like People that are the age of 17 to 18 should be given the opportunity to explore these different career paths rather than just dive right in. Like some kids do know what they want to do and that's awesome. But to be able to one, figure it out if you don't know or to change your mind if you realize, oh, this actually isn't for me, that would be so much easier for everyone and not have such a pressure. But because we were just thrown into university or college or whatever right after high school, it's really daunting. And I feel like you can't make the most accurate decision for the rest of your life at that time. No, it's so true. I even like look at some of my friends today who have gone to school and like completed their degrees and they are like, I don't know what to do with this. Like I, I'm not passionate about my career and I also can't get a job in my career. And so I just think that like, if you have like for myself with the nutrition thing, like I was thinking about it 24 seven, like I said, I was studying for nutrition when I wasn't in school for nutrition. And I think like at that point, I was like, hey, well, what's the worst that happens? It's two years of my life. I'm just going to do it. And so, yeah, I would just say like, go and do it, but also create a plan to see if it makes sense. Because you might get to that point and you're like, I don't think I'm passionate enough to fulfill this. So you wrote and sold your first ebook while you were in school. What made you want to write it? And also what was the process of writing an ebook? It's so funny because when I think of my first ebook, it was no joke, a PDF that I sold. And it was like basics to holistic nutrition. And it was, it did not make sense. Like I, now when I write, it's like I'm writing to my ideal client. I'm writing to someone who doesn't know too much about nutrition. But in that PDF, I was writing to someone as if they were like a nutritionist and beyond like you know and like you're just not at that level but it was amazing and I wanted to write it because I think like something that I've been really good at and has really like propelled me in business is just being really consistent and eager to do whatever like I thought of creating an ebook and I just did it right away I wasn't sitting on the idea and the process was really simple I just wrote, like I figured out a topic, I asked people if they'd be interested in it. And then I just started to write everything that I wanted to include in it. I was doing e-transfers because I wasn't like a legit business yet. And I was just sending this PDF and I asked one of my friends, I was like, can you take a look at this? Let me know what you think. And she's like, yeah, like this is incredible. Like the information in here is awesome. But like (laughs) the way that it's displayed is horrible. Like no offense. There's like no details to it. Like it's just a white PDF. 
And I was like, I don't care. Like, at least I'm so that done is better than perfect. Like, I just want to get it out there. And so I, I think I sold like at least over 20 copies. And that was just the beginning of my business. And I think the reason for being able to sell so many just at the beginning was because I was constantly serving to the point where people were like, I trust her. Like if she, if she sells an ebook, I'm going to buy it. Cause I know it's going to be filled with information. You worked full time while working part time consistently on your business after graduation. What's the key to balancing these two? And when did you realize it was the right time to take your business full time? It was really hard. I think that was definitely the time in my business and my life where I was hustling hard. If I wasn't working at my full-time or part-time job, I was working on my business. But I really think the best advice was just the fact that I was passionate about nutrition. It never felt it was hard for me to work. I know that there's things in the business that you don't want to do, like the accounting and like the admin, but I never really looked at those as tasks I didn't want to do just because I was so passionate. I really think having a part-time or full-time job while you're working on your side hustle is so important because it actually pushes you 10 times more to finally make your side hustle a real livable business. I really don't know if I had much balance. I, I didn't. I didn't have any balance. I remember my dad would like on Saturday nights, he would ask my sister to take me to the bar because I wasn't doing anything. And I was like, no, I'm having way more fun learning about nutrition or being on Instagram and talking to people and helping them out and stuff. And so I really didn't have much of a life, but it's funny because I really miss those days, to be honest. Those days where I felt so naive and didn't know if like my business was going to make it, but I just kept pushing and hustling. I love that. And I love the part about having a part-time job or a full-time job as motivation to make your passion a reality and and to take it full-time because I had a job when I was like my first part-time job. I worked at Metro, which is a grocery store. And I think I worked in the deli. So like the worst possible job ever. Disgusting. Honestly, I still cringe to this day. But I got that in high school because it was almost like a motivator to be like, okay, I'm going to stay in school and I am going to figure out whatever I want to do so that I am not slicing bologna for the rest of my life. And you know what? If someone wants to do that for their entire life and they enjoy it, that's great on them. But it just wasn't for me. But I had this job because I, I didn't really enjoy it, but it was my motivator to continue working hard on what I wanted to do. And I really think it continues to show when like my friends have full, like jobs and they're actually one of my friends messaged me this week and she's like, Hey, I was offered like a promotion in my position, but I really was planning on taking my job full time in six months. I was like, take the job. I know it's probably unconventional advice, but you are going to work 10 times harder. You're also going to be financially stable. And I think that being financially stable is so underrated. Yes, you can quit your job and do what you love, but those finances are going to stress you out. And I don't think it's worth it. Like I genuinely don't think it's worth it, worth it to be like, if you can't make your monthly expenses, I don't think you are necessarily ready to like quit your job. What are your tips for growing a community on Instagram? I would say to firstly, really 
get comfortable with who is on your Instagram. I think we're constantly pushing for the numbers and like the followers and that's always our go-to to grow. But the reality is that when you, especially with the way the algorithm works now, if you're just getting followers, but you're not getting engagement or community, that's irrelevant. Even for myself, I feel like for all of us, half of our followers aren't engaging in our stuff because the algorithm doesn't show our content. And so the best thing you can do is focus on the people that you have on Instagram and the ones who are already showing you that commitment, serving them, like asking them what they want to see, just like getting to know them, like doing fun games and stuff on stories being super vulnerable. I feel like every single time I do a vulnerable post, it always goes so much further in terms of like the DMs that I get and the messages because people are like, okay, she, like she's actually gone through this. She gets it or they resonate with what you've gone through. And I do actually genuinely feel like Instagram's having this shift where we're moving away from like educational posts to like real life posts. Have you noticed that? Definitely. And I feel like those are always the ones that are, like you said, really well engaged with and people will share them. And even my friends share posts with me that are more engaging because it's raw and authentic. It's not just educational. Yeah. And something I was going to actually ask you is with reels, like, I don't know what your opinion is on them, but I feel like everyone's like, oh, post reels because it's like, it can grow your page. And like, that's kind of like what Instagram is prioritizing right now. But again, like for me, it's like when I was posting reels, I felt so disconnected from my community. It's a bit of a weird one because I love TikTok, but I personally, I can't just make a bunch of TikToks. Like it doesn't feel like authentic to me. And TikTok is really rooted in like meme culture and trends and and all of that. And a lot of that is not genuine or authentic or like, I mean, some of them, they do make them genuine and authentic to the specific person, like what they're going through. And that's really creative and that clicks and and that generates a lot of engagement, but that's hard. And you can't guarantee that it's going to be like that for every trend that you're participating in. So I personally like your posts because you you really specify in the captions. It's like a story. And I think that's also what people are looking for now in the captions. Like before on Instagram, it would be the posts, the actual photo that people would engage with. But now people are going and reading in the captions and then commenting, engaging in the in the comments. And I think that's really powerful. And I think with the reels too, I've actually pulled my audience too. And I asked if like they prefer posts or reels. And I think like 17% of the prefer reels because it's really quick. It's so hard to watch. I'm like, okay, I have to watch this 10 times to like even see the one product I want to see that she's using. Just staying authentic to your community goes a long way on Instagram versus like constantly chasing these new features because it also gets so overwhelming. Then what would be one of your favorite things about Instagram and then one of your least favorite things? Least favorite, I feel like (laughs) the algorithm, which is like classic. It's so hard when you are working so hard to like share your story or your like services that you know are going to help so many people and then people just don't see it. But I would say another thing is just how like it can be super toxic if you're not using it in the right ways. There have been so many days where I'll go on Instagram after having like an incredible day, like on Saturday, had like the best day ever with my boyfriend outside. 
And then I went on Instagram and I saw someone post like a nutritionist post something about like a milestone that she hit. And I was like, Oh my God, how have I not done this yet? And like, it just like started to like bring out all of this, like just negativity out of me. And then like within like a few seconds, I was like, no, like mute. And I love her so much, but mute for my personal mental health, support her. But like, we don't need to be there. And I think that's the hard thing with Instagram is we're constantly seeing like all the wins. And then the positive thing is honestly my community. Like, I don't know where I'd be without it. My DMs and stories are my favorite place to be because that's where I feel like I get to know everyone. You've definitely created a great community. And just on one of your posts that you got really real and authentic with, was it last week or two weeks ago, you were talking about your fears of not being able to pay the bills at the beginning of your business when you were starting out. And I think that's so genuine because everyone, especially after this past year, has struggled with, am I going to be able to pay for this? When am I going to get paid next? I think that's really amazing that you have cultivated such an awesome community. It's not a surprise, but it's really great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So how do you define yourself in relation to your career? I would say my business is an extension to myself. I really don't think that I got into where I am in business until I started to notice like confidence in myself. I feel like every single time I put more self-work and self-development into my personal life, I really see it shine in my business. So I really think it's personal life first and then my business. So really just like taking care of myself first defining who I am before I define the business. You also talked about consistency is a really big factor in taking your business to the next level. What are your tips for consistency? Yeah, I would say I know, okay, for myself, like I haven't posted for a week and a bit and every single day I'm like, like just post something. Like I just have been at this place where I'm like, I don't feel inspired to post. I love doing stories right now. So I'm just going to wait until I feel inspired. But I do really think it is one of those things where for me constantly saying every day, like, Oh, I need to post. Like, I feel like I'm just like disappointing myself and not to be hard on myself, but that's just the reality. So I think when you're consistent with yourself, you just with Instagram, with your business, you feel so much better about yourself. It's like that self-confidence. I think that it's important to show up as much as you can. And even if that's four times or three times a week, let your audience know that. Make sure that like, I think the biggest thing on Instagram right now are stories. So showing up in stories as much as possible because that's like real life content and just having a vision board, having set goals. When 2021 started, I sat down before and just mapped out every single launch that I'm having this year, mapped out every single big event that's happening, personal or business, so they can really set expectations. And if I get the same three things I'm doing every single day for my business and or for Instagram done, that's all that I need to do. And I think like the biggest thing is consistency in any aspect of our life. It's getting used to those habits and kind of making it muscle memory. Because at that point, I remember like, I used to be so consistent like a month ago, but I remember everyone always be like in my mentorship program, like how do you stay so consistent? Like I just feel like it's so hard for me. It's like, how do you not stay consistent? Because I've been doing it for so long that it's just become muscle memory. And so I think like once you get to that point, it's like, 
this isn't even hard for me. Like this is just second nature. So it just goes, it's the exact same thing with like working out and eating healthy, setting those boundaries and just like knowing what your goal is. You've also launched the Nourished Membership so that others can become the best advocate for their own health. This is an online course. So what were the steps of creating and launching an online course? And would you have done anything differently looking back on its launch? This was like probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my business. It was like something so brand new. So it was a really different avenue for me to take in. I would say the steps I was taking to get here was really getting to know what my audience wanted and like knowing if a membership was even something they wanted to have. I think one thing I could have done differently was to actually ask specific questions about the membership because I don't think I did enough. Another thing I really wish I did was start talking about it the second I was creating it because this membership took me from March of 2020 up until this past February. And like I talked about it two months before it was out. And I think it's so important bring your audience with you when you're launching a product because they really get immersed in it and they get excited for you and they like almost become that product for you. So I, I wish I talked more about it. The process of it was definitely hard. It's like I said, the hardest thing I've probably done in my business. And I think that it's a really great avenue to go down once you have established a really tight knit community that will want to continue working with you. I always say this, I think it's way more important to start one-on-one and get so good at working one-on-one with your ideal client and then moving it over to like an ebook, a course, a membership, whatever that may be. So final question, what are you currently working on? What are you excited about? And what are you most looking forward to? So I'm kind of working on the membership and changing it up a little bit. Right now, it's really for women who are looking to better their gut health, really understand cleanses and just become that nutritionist for themselves. But I want to take it to a place where the membership is now more so like you're going to school for nutrition. You're learning everything that I know. You're going to become an expert in cleansing, parasitic candida cleansing, heavy metals, knowing what to do before and after cleanse. Literally everything I know, I want to teach the women in the membership. And so it's essentially going to nourish school and really getting to know nutrition and holistic medicine so that you can become that nutritionist in your life. And uh, that's something that I've been kind of playing around with changing up for a little bit. So I'm hoping to have that out sooner than later. And then I think just like really enjoying the process. I think I've like been in this place where I'm constantly watching something and I just want to enjoy it for a bit. I love that. That's so awesome. And I love that post that you did. And it was about feeling like all the stuff you were consuming was like never enough. And I think you were talking about you would always buy stuff from Aritzia and then you'd be like, okay, I don't feel fulfilled by that. I think that's really nice with the idea of your membership of actually investing in yourself where you do feel like, okay, everything I have is enough. And I'm also trying to practice the mindset of being grateful for what you currently have. Cause that's the other thing with like hustle culture and just always trying to improve in your life is that you're never really present in the given moment and what you have right now is so great so like why aren't we talking more about that you know it's always like looking for the next thing it's so crazy I had the worst anxiety yesterday like it just came out of nowhere I was on a walk and I was like oh my gosh I haven't done this I haven't done this like just like 
putting myself down. And I haven't had one of those days in a while. And it felt so weird. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop. I finished working at like before three. And I was like, I'm just going to take the entire like rest of the evening to just make food and like take care of myself and like do a bunch of self care. Woke up this morning and I was like, oh my God, I am so grateful for this. Like I, I can't believe how far I've come. Like it's just, it's that mindset. Like it really, it's the mindset work.